day job. Let's go. Look at me, Damien. The blackest day. Of the front time. As the stinger says, this is Blade Job. I am, as always, the co-host Steve Carley. With me today, like all days, Eric Marshik. What's up, buddy? It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been a while. Um, I'm doing good. It's uh, we haven't recorded since before 316, before the Steve uh, that Steve Austin episode. So that was the last episode we did, uh, huh? Yeah, it was long. It feels like forever ago. As but, um, time is moving, it's been moving pretty quick the past year and a half, right? I mean, yeah. and on one hand, it's been you know agonizing and terrible, but on the other hand, I think it's been, been pretty fast. So, yeah, I think we did this last year too, where we had like like we just pretty much took um, like April off. Well, you've been busy. <laughs> you've been busy being sick. So yeah, so I had COVID. Just a full disclosure for everybody. This, this podcast is a now officially uh, relevant to the society. <laughs> yeah. around us. but um, but yeah, I mean, really, like, I didn't have any symptoms, so it wasn't that bad. I'm really the reason that I think it, everything got pushed uh, for us was because the worst part of COVID for me was the um, the just putting me behind on work. Mm-hmm. And I got, like, super slammed the past two weeks. But, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we didn't get it too bad over here, which is good. But, yeah, Michigan was pretty crazy at the beginning of March. Yeah, well, um, even like... It was like... Even, like, right now, apparently it's horrible, but I don't think you would know if you were to, like, no. walk out. I mean, I guess how could you? You know, it's a silent killer. But, I mean, like, our governor, I'm sure, I think she wants to shut things down again. But, obviously, yeah. at this point, no one's going to fucking do it. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Like, well, by the time this you know, episode drops, I'll be I'll be one dose closer to... I was just going to ask if you've been vaccinated. Okay, so you're getting your no. first dose sometime soon. Yeah, I guess you have to wait if you've, if you've actually contracted the virus. <laughs> like, uh, not, not quite through. a month, but... You know, wow, that long. Told. Yeah, oh. it was like just over two weeks. So. Okay, damn. So we got I, um, that first slot. That's right. Where is it nearby? Oh my god, yeah. It's actually, that is one of the good things now about the whole thing, is that we actually are getting our first shot like at the right aid that's like a two-minute walk from our house. Yeah, see, I um, uh, after, I, I guess, if this is going out, out on the Friday, if that's still the case, then I'll be... Just past my two weeks after my second dose, so I'll be good to go. But look, you could go to a movie theater. Uh, well, yeah, well, if there were movies to see. I <laughs> well, would. If they're open. Um, I think <laughs> the first movie I'll probably end up seeing back in theaters is well, probably the Fast and Furious Fast Nine. Um, it was going to be uh, what do you call it, Black Widow, but that was pushed. Um, and I had to drive oh. an hour and ten minutes over to Owasso just to get, to get my shot, and <laughs> you have to yeah. go back to the same location, so I had to drive out to freaking Owasso, Michigan, which. I don't recommend. It's not a great place. Um, no. No offense no. to all the people who live there, but it's just very boring. So I, you know, but hey, because of that, I'm now fully vaxxed. So look at you. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I've been I've been really researching a lot of Microsoft products. I'm really into the whole Surface line. So. Oh, is that because your chip? Yeah, and my is that, is that being subconsciously pumped into you? I gotta tell you, man, the five G <laughs> is amazing. Oh my god. Um. And when it comes to symptoms, like, I didn't have, like, when I got my first prick, if you will, I uh, I, th- yes. I had, like, a mildly sore arm the next day, and that was really it. And then 
my second shot, I died. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm still very much alive. It was like around, I think both arms were aching and about a headache yeah. for about a day. And then that was it. And it was not a big deal. So I'm now hearing that people are not getting the second dose because they're scared of this. I, I, I can't relate to that. Okay. So you feel right. like shit for a day. Maybe I just, I don't have that brain that tells, it just seems very cowardly to me. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's not, yeah. it's not like it's Fucking temporary. It's temporary. It's not, it's, it's a day. <laughs> okay. So you're feverish yeah. for a day. Jesus. Like that to think that there are people who just don't want to do it. I don't know. I find that pathetic. That That's seems me. extremely, uh, ignorant but you just um, i'll let you know up. what happens if uh, to us because yeah. we've already had the virus so i don't know if that makes it worse or better i think it makes what? it better because your body is already used to it i'm not kind a doctor of, of course but I th- that, that's my from okay. what i understand but hey i mean again so, it's just crazy how so many people have different reactions to it right like i mean yeah. i've had people who were like you know knock the fucking teeth down their throat it was so bad and then I have someone like me who, I mean, what, like a slightly sore arm for a day when even that was not a big deal. Well, look at people who got the virus. I mean, me and my girlfriend, we had, I mean, my girlfriend lost taste and was okay. out for a couple of days. I had virtually no symptoms. That's crazy. It's crazy. How that and, works, then it's, and then it's gone and killed other people. So, like, it's a really fucking crazy virus. And, like, I it, honestly, I wouldn't have thought twice. Like, it, I had, I showed no symptoms. And if I didn't. If Cassie didn't test positive, I would have never even thought to get tested. Because <laughs> that's how, like, I didn't feel bad at all. As long as, so, like, as, long as Sheila's okay, that's all I care about. Sheila, I don't think cats can get it. Um, I've heard otters, I have seen, have been getting it recently, but wow. not cats. Anything but the otters. Huh? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, but, I'm glad you're doing good, you know. Yeah, we're doing good, but uh, we have a lot of catching up to do. Because, yeah, like I said, we, we left off before WrestleMania... I think we left off even before um, uh, the AEW pay-per-view. Um, Damn, man. And, and I wanted to... I know we don't usually talk about new stuff on the show, but I wanted to uh, to show you something real quick, just to kind of get your, okay. your, your feel in. on it. I'm in. Um, so AEW is running a show, um, Revolution. This was... Uh, I guess, you know, this... This might have been, well, this might have happened before the last show, but we didn't actually really talk about it. But um, I'm going to share my screen with you, and I want you just to kind of get like your reaction on this. Sure. Um, this is uh, so AEW was running a show, and it was advertised that the main event was going to be an exploding barbed wire death match. Okay, I mean, you know me, you're <laughs> you're saying all the right things right now. So, okay. you know, you think it's going to be pretty cool and stuff, right? Like, it's going to, and it's going to, like, blow up, like, fucking crazy, right? Like, they're, they're going to do some crazy pyro at the end. <laughs> I'm so, so, I'm so um, concerned now. <laughs> so, I just, just, I'm going to play this, and I want to kind of just get our live reactions to what's going to, what happens here. So, uh, this is John Moxley, and uh, Eddie Kingston has come out to kind of rescue. This is after the match, mm-hmm. and there's a countdown, so, at there was like a 30 minute time limit and at, at the end of the 30 minutes the ring was set to just detonate and explode. Um, and that's that's I'll leave it there. But this is uh, what fans got. Uh, you can see it going 4 3 2 Wow. It's very uh that's disappointing. How bad is that? I like how he's Moxie's covering his head, you know, like it's like World War 2 and 
Yeah. It's like minor so, fireworks. Um, so that happened, I think, right before... I, I, I really didn't want to bring it up last episode, but I'll bring it up now. But it was, uh, that happened, and it, it pretty much set the wrestling world on fire, especially because, you know, intended. there had never really, yeah, there had never really been an exploding barbed wire death match in, it's usually, it's like a big Japanese thing, it was big in the 90s. It was one of the, it was gonna be like one of the first ones televised ever, and everyone was like, had such high hopes, <laughs> and, um, and that's what we were treated with, and... We yeah, I remember I was watching it live, and I, my like jaw was on the floor. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Sounds like the Oscars. Like, now, um, if do you still have that tab open? I uh, I don't. Okay, I saw something in the in the playing up next videos list, mm. and I saw part. I think it was part three of something of the dark side of the ring. Which oh. now I know I've been wanting to see beyond the mat. But mm-hmm. the dark side, I don't think that's also, I don't think that's streaming anywhere, is it? I don't, maybe not. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do you have Hulu? Oh, is it on Hulu? It's a, it's like a Vice Okay, TV, see, I wasn't sure like, if it was streaming television anywhere. show. I was going to yeah. say, bam. Dark Side of the Ring's very good. Yeah, it's on uh, Vice TV. So if you have, I think it's just like a basic Hulu account. Okay. You can watch it. Well, that's good to um, know. And some of them might even be on YouTube if you look them up. Okay, because I thought if if it, you know if it's not streaming anywhere, you know, like beyond the mat, then I can just watch it that way. I didn't know that, but if it's on Hulu, yeah. listen, I don't pay for that shit. That Hulu with ads shit, I pay for the good stuff. So, oh, I got the Hulu with ads, but Ooh. that's okay. I don't know why you say that. But no, out loud. Dark Side of the Ring, it's right up your alley, Steve. I mean, it's 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 wrestling history mixed with uh, true crime that took place in or surrounding wrestling. Sold. So it's it's a very well done documentary. I'm still waiting for, if anybody listening finds, you know, Beyond the Mat streaming anywhere, it was on Netflix, and I was like, I'm going to watch this for like two years, and then I finally go to watch it, and it's fucking gone, so. Well, that happens. (laughs) All too well. And that's been happening to me, too, on um, on a lot of shit that's been on Prime. Like, Prime has the, like, hardest, like, the worst layout to find stuff. it's trash. But, um, and then once I find something, I'll be like, oh, that's really cool. But like, maybe I'm, I'm not in the mood to watch that tonight. And then I go back and look and it's gone. So like, I don't know how the rights work at all with, uh, Amazon prime video, but it's just a really shitty, you know, user experience. It's really, really yeah. bad. But speaking of which, we'll be doing some watch logs in some <laughs> of watch parties yeah. this coming month, um, exclusively through Amazon Prime. So hopefully none of the videos I had picked out are gone. As long as I'll... you like add it to your list, it's easy to find. Otherwise, God help you. Yeah, that's true. I um I, I pretty much just go through sometimes too. Like sometimes when you search a movie, it'll like come up. Um, it'll it'll like bring up like the paid version first, like the rental version. Mm. But then if you scroll down, like, in the suggested version, it'll be, like, free with Prime. Yeah, it's terrible, so, like, man. It's always I'm like, trash. what is that? Like, it, yeah, it makes no sense. But, um, anyways, I mean, I, that, I just wanted to talk about that exploding barbed wire death match because it was, I mean, it was a pretty fun match leading up to it. It was pretty bloody. Um, blade job approved. Word. Um, the exploding barbed wire, though, um, it was a pretty big, just a fart, pretty much, is what I would say. And then now you can you attach to it as well. Steve. Yeah, now I can. You speak the truth. But um, yeah, being sick, I was we were watching a lot of TV. 
obviously. Not that you even um, knew that you were sick until you were told. No, I was just forced to stay home for 14 days. 14 so. days, holy shit. Yeah, that was my company policy. Like, they had a 14-day quarantine if you're even exposed. Wow, so, that's crazy. I mean, um, you have to go into the office, so that's why. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we watched, um, I mean, we watched Hannibal, uh, like the, the, show. The, the ABC series or whatever it is. I think it's yeah. ABC. Incredible. Really good. It was pretty good. Way too, um, it, very, it's shocking that it was on like, cable TV. Crazy. Yeah. We watched a lot of uh, just like Travel Channel, Paranormal, Caught on Camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, then we uh, we recently watched the Terror though. Which, have you ever heard of that, Steve? I've Is seen I've seen almost all the first season. I don't know why I just as as is frequent for me. I just hop off things all the time, even if I'm. It was pretty it. cool. I know for, you um, know old 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 guy in the show Ryan Tarakoff loves the Terror. Yeah. That's like his jam. It was really cool, and we kind of like just it came as like a suggested show, like after watching um, Hannibal, mm-hmm. and we just put it on, and it was pretty sweet. So. And we, yeah, we're, I think we're going to check out the second season in a little bit. Which I'll probably give it a little bit of time. I think that's not, it's supposed to be not nearly as good, but I don't know for sure. It's a little bit more different, because it's an anthology, so it's a different time yeah. period and such. It looks, the second season looks more horror. Okay. Um, and less, maybe more like historical survival. Um, the second season looked like it was about like Japanese internment camp with like a like a like a Japanese ghost story kind of so. which sounds really cool like I love the kind of it Japanese It sounds really horror. cool. Um I'm sure I'll like it, you know. I have a pretty for when it comes to horror television the bar is pretty the bar is set pretty low so yeah. um anything that's remotely decent I feel like horror fans kind of gush over so I'm sure I'll like it. Are you that's on Hulu, isn't it? I think it's an FX on Hulu thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's an AMC show. It is your so it's, yeah, it yeah is. it's You're just right. on your basic Hulu, I believe. Okay, so yeah, definitely keep me posted on that though. I want to know how that second season is. Yeah, well, it's uh, I'll, yeah, we'll probably be checking it out soon. Sweet. But, um, oh, it, one line, final thing. I'll have an update probably next um, show, but like literally, I think the week. Like a few days after our three sixteen episode dropped, AMC or A and E dropped a Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary. Really, which is also on Hulu, and it's the same director who did that uh, Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Wow! So how did I not uh, hear that? Just, yeah, I think it's on A and E, so I think you should be able to kind of watch it anytime on Hulu. I know A and E. There, I think Paramount Plus or Discovery Plus. I think yeah, has I don't it. know. You know, it's all I'm just cable it. again. I'm gonna try and see if I can check it out. The nice thing about Hulu too is, is, like, if it is like on a premium, I think, like, I could just set it to record it if it like airs at like two a.m. or something, hmm. and I, it'll just like save it for me, like a DVR essentially. But yeah, I, I'll, I'm going to try and check that out before the next episode. Yeah, I've heard cool. really good things. I mean, the last but, dance is supposed to be amazing, so. Yeah. So I think it's just called Stone Cold Steve Austin. What more do <laughs> you something. need? You know, it doesn't yeah. need to be fancy. But, like the last dance, you would never know that's about Michael Jordan. So. No. Right? It's my, yeah, it's all right. That's, that's it for my update. Sorry, I kind of hogged that there. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, I just watched, like, I'm trying to think of, like, horror stuff. Like. I watched The Ruins. That was our most recent watch party. Um, and I think I'm, I'm four for four, man. I've liked everything that I've chosen for these watch parties. 
Yeah. Um, the the ruins isn't quite what I was expecting. I because th- I I assumed it would be more kind of like um the the descent. Mm-hmm. I in fact I usually get those movies mixed up, but it's I mean it is kind of like there is kind of like a supernatural element, but um it's okay. not nearly as violent as I was hoping. But you know that's every movie for me. You know <laughs> I just I wish it was more violent. That's the thing. Yeah. Speaking of violence, I did watch uh, Mortal Kombat. On HBO oh, Max, that. not good. Um, and I, and of course, here's the th- obviously you don't expect okay. the movie to be good, right? Like it's just it's not possible. Uh, I don't know what to expect with it, to be honest. I expect but... violence, and I expect fatalities, and I expect blood and gore, and there is a bit of that, but there's not nearly enough of it. So remember, like uh, a few years ago, there was like a bunch of like fan made ones and stuff, sure. and they were super gory. Have you ever seen any of those? Like I don't think they'd, so. Like I remember they would like premiere on like. They were, like, pretty big budget, like, short film, like, fan films, and they would do, they did, like, a little Scorpion one, and I think a, uh, like, a Kung Lao one, and, like, they were super fucking gory. I mean, it was just, like, a, eight minutes of just, like, pretty much, uh, like, Scorpion just, like, slashing people and, like, ripping them apart, which is kind of, I guess, I don't know. I would hope, like, in my head, the perfect Mortal Kombat movie is essentially an extremely gory version of the Jean-Claude Van Damme Bloodsport movie. You would, where it's like an actual tournament well, where you uh, kill people. Um, <laughs> I, well, it's a whole other issue with this movie is that the movie is all built up to the tournament, and then it doesn't uh, actually happen. It's going to be the sequel. Which is uh, kind of annoying, because the whole movie is all about them preparing for this tournament, and then... The movie, I'm just going to kind of spoil the ending just for a minute. Like, it's just, they, they're kind of, like, looking for, like, one more person. And they, the guy, I, I know a guy. And then the, he takes off. And then the camera pans to, a, uh, you know, like, a, an advert advertisement for Johnny Cage. Oh, okay. And then it just ended. And I was like, what the hell? Um, so, like, they, but, like, we already, uh, that kind of annoys. Like, it makes me not want to see it now. <laughs> honestly, you don't, there's only one good kill where, like, a good fatality, and you could just, it's a, it's a gif, you can look anywhere and find it, um, where a girl gets, you know, or a woman gets cut in half with using a saw, and it's, like, it's pretty mm-hmm. great, but, like, that's the only one where I was, like, this is what I expect from a Mortal Kombat movie, which really pissed me off, so, um, I, I just, you know, I, I feel like you don't need to, you know, and I, I watched like a making of afterward because it was on HBO Max, and all is all the the crew members. Oh, we're trying to make it as authentic as possible. We all love the games. We're trying to make it authentic, and I'm like, it's not fucking authentic, dude. Like you you failed at it because yeah. it's just not as violent as it should be. I think that's like kind of my biggest critique about like not that I've seen a ton of video game movies or even like even sometimes comic book movies is like. Sometimes I feel like they spend too much time, like, setting up, like, story that people, A, either already know, or B, like, we don't really care about. We're there to see, like, just the action. (laughs) Right, well, that's kind of the thing. Because, like, if you take, like, the Marvel movies, right? Like, they're obviously not always exact. They're not exactly as the comics go, but the comics are all about the storytelling, right? And telling a story across these movies, or the books and the movies. But Mortal Kombat, you just want the fucking violence, man. You just want the yeah. violence. You want the crazy fatalities. And it's just the dumb shit. Like, Kano will kill a person. It'll be like, he'll just say, the camera will dolly up to him and it'll say, like, Kano wins. And it's just cheesy shit. And, like, I get it. Like, you want to have that. Because, <laughs> like, there's a very yeah. thin line between, like, because you do want some fan service for a movie like Mortal Kombat. But you don't want too much where it's, like, cheesy, right? 
and this movie yeah. does not toe that line very well. And it just, you know, and, and to be fair, the movie's violent. Remember, you're talking to me, right? Like, I ho- co-host Blade Job. Like, we, I, you know, the movie's violent. Well, it's just not nearly as violent as I would have liked, personally. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go out and say it. If you're going to make a Mortal Kombat movie, it should be by far the most violent movie that comes out that year. It should be, it should, because Mortal Kombat literally changed the gaming landscape forever because it was so violent. You know, and I, I expect a movie, especially one where it's like all the, because the, this is the director's first, like he made a movie a one minute short in 2014 and then Mortal Kombat. I don't understand how he yeah. got this job. It must have been a hell of a pitch or a nepotism yeah. or something, but, and you know, you got them all just being <laughs> like, ah, oh, it's, you know, we're trying to make it as authentic and possible to the spirit of the games and. I'm like, bro, none of that is in this movie. And I was really excited for it because I just, you don't expect it to be a masterpiece, no shit. But I expected to have some of what, the, what makes the games, you know, what they are. And uh, again, there's like one good fatality where it's like, hell yeah. But yeah, it's just not worth the whole movie. And the whole movie is like a, an hour and 40, hour, 50 minutes. And it, it does blow by. It's so fucking quick. Only because the the pace is so fast. So much shit is going on. I just, you know, the more I think about it, the more I didn't care for it at all. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Would you think? It, would you say it's Blade Job approved? I mean, it's a, to the layman, to the common folk, absolutely. To the Blade okay. Job, us knowing the games yeah. and I play the games, no, it's mm-hmm. it shouldn't be. I expect a higher caliber of violence okay. and visceral nature of the action, and the fighting is okay. You know, like it, there's not, I mean, there's a lot of it, sure, but like if you if you watch. Go on Netflix, right? Go on Netflix mm-hmm. and watch the movie. It comes or um, the night comes for us. It's Indonesian. Watch that movie, and you've seen everything handled better than Mortal Kombat. Better, mm-hmm. way better action, way better fighting, way more violent, um, and you get to see Julius still kick ass. So, to me, go on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It's called The Night Comes for Us. If you've seen the Raid, the Raid Two, Gareth Evans shit, this is very similar. And it's one of the most, it's probably the most violent movie I've ever seen in my life, which is a good thing, of course. You know, that's a high praise. Um, so I'm going to say that one more time. Go on Netflix. It's called The Night Comes <laughs> For Us. Watch that. I think we've, I think we've mentioned it on the show I before. guarantee you I have. I, I, I know we have. I'm that movie's number one fan. Yeah. And just watch it with the subtitles in Indonesian. Don't be a bitch. You know, watch it how it should, how it's supposed to be. Um, oh, is that one of the, they, they dubbed? They did a dub version. Most dubs are trash. Don't bother. Just read. Just, you know, grow up and read the damn subtitles, you know? Um, and that the movie, I, I would be shocked. If you're a fan of this show, if you're listening to this show, it's a, it is like the quintessential Blade Job approved, you know, action movie. Um, and just watch that. Because holy fuck, is that movie good in Mortal Kombat? Isn't it? I, I really want it to be good. I just, <laughs> I was so confident. Because, you know, it's 2021. Um, yeah, it's a, we needed this. It's a new director, you know, it's like it's 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 not like 95 anymore, right? Like you had the technology to make this movie good and true to the to the games. And of course, I should have known they did fuck it up. I should have When missed. I saw some people who some 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 people in the in the horror and the in the exploitation community coming out and saying that, you know, it didn't, you know, the 1995 version at least is nostalgic and they still prefer that over the new one. I was like, oh, this might this this could be in trouble. Yeah, and I've never seen the original. And to be honest, I don't really plan to. I just don't think I'd I care mean, I, for it. 
I, I think you're past it. I think you you had to see it when you were like nine you years said, old. Yeah, the nostalgia, <laughs> like you said, the nostalgia thing. I think you're right. So I'm just yeah. the night comes for us. I'm just gonna say that's better. I mean, you know, is it a similar plot? No, but it doesn't fucking matter. The, you go to the Mortal Kombat movie to see good violence, good action, and good fighting. All of that yeah. is not in Mortal Kombat. It is in the night comes for us. So. Um, all right, and I'll blow through. You want to hit on the you want to hit on the Oscars real quick? Real quick, one more thing I watched. Uh, it's called Synchronic. There's a this directing duo: Aaron Moorhead, Justin Benson. Justin writes the movies; they both direct. Aaron shoots it. Great, you know, younger guys. They made a movie called Spring. Um, they did uh, The Endless, and then now they have Synchronic. It's on Netflix now. I know because I rented it the day before it went on Netflix. Fucking kill me. <sighs> Happens all the time. Um, it's. I think you would like it a lot, actually, Eric. Um, it's a okay. bit divisive. Um, it's based, It's got Anthony Mackie and Jamie Dornan, two actors I like quite a bit. Uh, Jamie Dornan, of course, from um, what's the sexy movie that women like? The 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 books. Uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Thank you. He was Dorian Dorian Gray. No, that's that's the picture of Dorian Gray. Whatever his <laughs> name is. Anyway, that's him. He's great. Anthony Mackie is is the Falcon on Marvel. You know, oh, right. Yeah. There are two paramedics in um, Louisiana, well, New Orleans, and then they kind of come across a pattern of people dying because they're taking these pills, this, this new drug. And eventually mm. one of them finds out, it's not a spoiler, it's a part of the trailer, but um, that it kind of like you take that pill and it kind of takes you to another point in time. It's very oh. cool. It's not really a horror movie, but it kind of has it. It's shot. Nobody makes movies like Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. They, they have very atmospheric, moody movies. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like it a lot. Also, they're both directing a few episodes of Moon Knight for Marvel next year. Very excited for that. Synchronic, it's, that's the name of the drug. Very cool movie. I like it a lot. Um, check it out. Then the Oscars, the biggest horror movie I've seen in a recent time. <laughs> um, you know me, I'm an Oscar slut. You know, I've I've educated myself big time on the history of the Oscars. You know, it's I'm kind of a stupid yeah. blowhard in that way, but... Um, this is of course a different Oscars, right? It was this is um, it takes place in a different a different area. It's um, it's not really invite only, but like it's obviously a much much. It's a small fraction of the amount of people, and they can only bring a plus one. They're all anybody who was there was vaxxed, so they don't have to wear a mask if they don't want to. But a few, several of them did anyway. Um, this was produced well, by this. This is Oscars was produced by Steven Soderbergh and two other people, but that's he's the one of name. I know that his I, I know they brought him in to kind of shake things up because they fucking knew that this that, that this show was not going to get any viewers. And actually, as of like four hours ago, they confirmed that the viewership was at an all time low by a factor of like three. Like it's really, yeah, no one it, fucking so. watched it. I only did because I'm a slut for it. I have to, you know, I'm not going to miss it. I made a pool and all that shit. Ugh, I hate it. But anyway, um. The awards were good, you know. The people that I wanted to win for the most part won. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland won Best Picture uh, and Director, which is great because she's directing Eternals for Marvel in November. So you know Disney's very happy about that. Um, And that was kind of expected, but what pissed me off. So for the Mm -hmm. first time, I think, ever, uh, Steven Soderbergh, the maniac bastard that he is, they, Mm -hmm. they took a huge gamble. By putting Best Picture third to last as opposed to last. Because they had Best Picture and then they did Best Actress and Best Actor. Now, you know why they did this. They wanted to end on an emotional win for Best Actor for Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace. 
Right. They wanted to end on that. He, you know, someone from his family accepts it. It's all heartwarming. Um, Anthony Hopkins wins instead. His old ass is still alive. Now, there. to be fair, his <laughs> I haven't seen his movie. The Father is only one of two I haven't been able to see yet of the Oscar nominees because I can't. Mm. I can rent it for twenty bucks. I'm not fucking doing that. That's too expensive. I'm not doing it for out of you know out of, um, yeah. So anyway, he wasn't even there to accept it. So the oh, the shit. show just ends on a just a picture of him, and that's it. Uh, apparently, Olivia Coleman, the actress, was supposed to accept on his behalf because she was he played his daughter in the movie. Great movie, from what I hear. I'm dying to see it. The father. Um, so the movie, or the the Oscars just ends. You know, Chadwick Boseman doesn't get his moment, his last you know performance. That's it. And then even yeah. even he. Uh, Anthony. What was he nominated for? Because it wasn't. What was he nominated? He for? was nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's on Netflix. Great movie. Oh, I highly okay. recommend it. He definitely deserved the Oscar. But to be fair, apparent again, I haven't seen it, so I have to say apparently Anthony Hopkins definitely deserved it for his role in The Father. It's a Alzheimer's uh, based off a stage play written and directed by the guy who did the play. Um, oh, okay. so it's a performance piece. You know, they kind of both are, but. Um, shit, man, and they just everyone's re- ready for uh, Bozeman, and then they announce it's actually Joaquin Phoenix who comes out to announce it. He doesn't clearly does not want to fucking be there at all because it's because it's <laughs> it's Joaquin. You know, I don't like. Does what, he know too? He doesn't know who he's gonna say, but he also just doesn't no. want to be there. <laughs> yeah, like one thing that this gaff definitely did do is that it confirmed that these people have no idea who's gonna win beforehand. Because clearly oh. they, they set it up to have it be an emotional ending for Bozeman, and they took a they took a chance and a bet, and they fucking failed at it. It did not so hit. Is this, you think this is the worst Oscars to date? It was a pretty bad. It, or it, from a production standpoint. From a production was, band standpoint, yeah, good call. Because yeah. like there was a lot of representation, like a lot sure. of it was yeah, a of it was a very yeah. diverse group of winners, all of which deserved it. Uh, for the most part. Well, yeah, for the but most part. But as far as an actual televised product? For a production of a televised awards show, it was bad. <laughs> Which, to be fair, they always are, right? But Yeah. But they're not this bad. Because it was just the way that they did it. You, obviously, the goal was to just make it fresh, right? So people can mm-hmm. view in. Uh, that didn't work, obviously. And I do admire the attempt at a lot of this stuff. Not the whole best picture of last, third to last. That was unheard of and a terrible idea. Um, but I just, you know, I can't even describe to you the mood in the room when it just ended. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it sounds like cringeworthy and awkward. And well, that was all after, right after, um, there was a really stupid, obviously it was going too short. So they had to do some improv vamp shit and little oh, Rel Howley, little Rel Howley. Is that what it is? Anyway, um, he came out and did some stupid trivia thing and he got, um, oh he got uh, one of the I forgot what, what the hell her Helen Mirren. No, that's not right. Who is it? I don't remember her name. Anyway, she did some stupid twerking thing, and everyone's like, "Ah, it's the highlight of the night!" But it was actually atrocious and really cringy. You're making I don't I don't even want to hear any more of this. This is making it worse. The last than I expected. the last twenty <laughs> minutes because it, it was actually pretty decent until the last twenty minutes. You know, good good yeah. awards given out. You know, they, they focused a lot on like the people themselves and not the, the the not the awards or not the movies themselves um which is kind of kind of cool but like only certain certain categories got like clips shown like animated and that was like it, pretty weird shit um hmm. and then it just tr- was a train wreck and then it ended and then i was like all right 
see ya. You know, see you next year. Next year they're going to be at the theater again, and it's going to be normal. Is you know allegedly, um, and I've never been more excited for that. <laughs> So I don't know why I do Jesus this to myself. Christ. Every year I watch the Oscars and every year I'm like, A, it goes like three and a half hours long, of course. I want to kill myself by the end. But it's like, okay, maybe next year will be good. But Every year I look at what's nominated and I'm like, I've heard of four of these movies and I haven't seen any. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know pretty me. pretty much how it goes. You know me, right? I know all of it. I've, I usually have seen all of it. I follow these awards all year, basically, all the fall season, I should say. And remember, this was delayed. It was supposed to be at the end of February, but they pushed it back to late April um, because of COVID, obviously. So it, we had to wait even longer for the shit show. So, oh, my God. So that was the most, the scariest uh, thing I watched. Since in re- recently, in the past month. <laughs> for sure. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Justice for uh, Bozeman. Yeah. Wow, snubbing him like that—that's a—it's uh, pretty well, disrespectful because it's just business, bud. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was out of spite. I don't. I, I hope not. That's but. showbiz, baby. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a hell of an update we just had there. Got wrestling. We got the Oscars. I didn't. We didn't even talk about WrestleMania because WrestleMania kind of. No, nah, I'm not gonna say it was like the Oscars, but I, you know, I'll just say you know, the the, the first part of WrestleMania it was a fucking thunderstorm. So. At an, at an outside show, so really um, equally is uh, it was an outside is, show. Yeah, it's usually outside. Is it? How did, oh, news yeah. to me. Shit. It's well, it's usually in like Florida, like you know, like in like the or or like in like a big ass football stadium. Okay, that makes more but, sense. Um, okay, but anywho, let's get to the meat of this show because we are talking about a movie, and it was not nominated for an Oscar, unfortunately. But <laughs> we are talking about. I'm not gonna, I don't know if this is the movie that put Cronenberg on the map, but we're talking about David Cronenberg's Scanners. Actually, now, you know I'm, what? I think the winner that year of the Oscars was either Chariots of Thunder, or Chariots of Fire, mm-hmm. or I think it would have been Gandhi. Oh, okay. Anyway, I just wanted to get, I have, you know I have to get that out of the way. Anyway, here's a quick trailer. This is, I, I really like this trailer, because it actually has a really good fucking voiceover and everything. It's not just, also rated X. That kind of shocks me. I would like to scan I, all of I you agree. in this room, one at a time. There are four billion people. I on do Earth. love classic trailers. The way they're edited scanners. is just so interesting. They'll control your mind, conquer your will, manipulate your body like a toy. Yeah, it really shows a lot of like important stuff in your flesh. One might argue that it shows all of the good stuff. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, pressure. It's a cool trailer. Though. I can already tell. The I mean, it shows pretty much every death in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll admit it makes the movie a bit more exciting than it than it actually is. But we'll we'll cover that. That's a cool you pray it will end, and it will. Scanners, their thoughts. Their thoughts can kill. So that effect. This is the first Cronenberg movie we've covered. Um... Uh, I guess without giving 
too much. Do you want to give a plot synopsis first, Steve, or do you want to go? You want to kind of do like a history on a little background on Cronenberg and stuff. Yeah, how, how you want to do it? Yeah, I'll do a little. Ba- I mean, I'll talk about Cronenberg and like my, you know, and I'm not like a Cronenberg expert, but I, you know, I'm I know a bit. I mean, first of all, I already respect him because he writes a lot of the movies he directs. I just naturally mm-hmm. and I inherently respect that. You know, the P.T. Anderson effect. You know, the Preston Sturgis effect. You know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess. A one the one sentence plot synopsis for this one in particular a scientist sends a man with extraordinary psychic powers to hunt others like him um and i will spoil right now oh. that makes it sound a lot more exciting than it actually is that makes it sound like fucking x-men it does <laughs> which is pretty cool which would be a cooler movie <laughs> that could um, that could be the plot synopsis for like an x-men movie <laughs> for yeah well, we'll get marvel on it marvel studios they can do that um so <laughs> when it comes to cronenberg He's definitely a blind spot for me in terms of his more cult shit, right? Um, mm-hmm. The the fly, naked lunch, dead zone, bro- the brood. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Existence, 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 existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, dead ringers. You know, I I haven't seen any of those, but like I've seen like a dangerous method, which is decent but not great. Um, a history of violence, which is actually very good. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, and I, so it was more recent stuff. I've seen his recent stuff. The 2000s. I've always wanted to see Cosmopolis and Maps of the Stars, mainly because from what I understand and from what I'm gathering here, it seems like Cronenberg uh, seems to have kind of, I'm not going to say that he's the one that pushed um, Robert Pattinson into his now illustrious and incredible indie career as an actor. But, I mean, Cosmopolis in 2012, that's mm-hmm. pretty soon into his kind of career as away from the pop, you know, from the pop the Twilight, Twilight shit. And the, the rom, or teen romance. Yeah, because, I mean, as I, you know, I, I'm his biggest fan and champion of his his incredible independent career. I think he's one of our finest actors. And you, you would never know if you only saw him in, you know, Twilight shit. So... Yeah. Um, and he just the the choices he makes, and I was bad, man. So I was back into it. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I I like to think I'm giving him the very much the benefit of the doubt that if he wanted to make that move in his career, then he did it for a reason, right? So, um, well, he just did that movie with um, William Defoe. That was he pretty did. wild. Well, yeah, the that was the lighthouse there. for Robert Eggers. Yeah, yeah incredible. Yeah, great so movie. And he he's, he was in still, Tenet. He still got it at him. And he was in Tenet. You know, the new Christopher Nolan flick that was decent at best. Um. It, for won sure. an Academy Award though. It's one of the only ones I saw because I always check the special effect one. Exactly, which that would, that would made sense. The special effects are pretty great in that movie. Um, so back to Cronenberg, uh, and despite the fact, again, I'm kind of the movie. You know, I'm the movie guy, right? Like I I pay attention to style, and mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that I haven't seen a lot of his prior stuff, Cronenberg very much has a, a noticeable taste and style in his more recent stuff. Um, yeah. and especially like just watch the, even just watch the trailer for Cosmopolis and maps of the stars. And you could just kind of tell and a dangerous method. Um, and then he'd also did Eastern promise, which I would like to see too. Um, but I can see bits and pieces of that style in, uh, scanners. Yeah. And he definitely, you can, so I haven't seen, I've seen a few of what you've said. Like, uh, I think I've seen, uh, history of violence. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of the other newer ones. Um, but I have seen Videodrome, Fly, Dead Ringers, and Rabid, which came before this. And yeah, he definitely has a style, but 
his style, especially in those that that string of seventies, which I'm gonna include this one in the seventies too, even though it's technically eighty one. Mm-hmm. Um, like Shivers, Rabid, The Brood, they all have like this very, and I, I get it. It's it's probably partially the low budget shot on film, but there, yeah, there's definitely like a vibe to all of them and a style and even like thematic um, elements that carry through. Um, especially in like rabid and this um you could almost say that like they're they're very very similar movies um well i'm glad you mentioned the word thematic because i was going to kind of clarify like i think in his older movies like this he has a very similar thematic style um mm-hmm. and just the way that he shows violence you know maybe it's the canadian and he's a very much a canadian director um but then his more recent stuff is a more technical style yeah. I can see the technical style in Scanners that, you know, matured into his, what it is today. Um, but, yeah, his thematic style of just the idea of the body horror, right? I mean, the, he's a body horror yeah. kind of a king, and that's, you know, that's kind of a household. He's a household name in that sense, essentially. Yeah, and he had already kind of set that up with Shivers and Rabbit and The Brood, mm-hmm. um, all which were um, pretty low budget you know i would assume grindhouse um movies uh you know I, I, we've talked we talked about it briefly um way back on our terror train episode steve about exploitation, okay. which was kind of um um like a i don't know all of the de- i'm not a exploitation historian but there was some sort of tax incentive or something to to film movies in canada um, throughout the seventies. So there's a lot of exploitation that came out of there. Hmm. Like some of the big movies are like black Christmas, um, terror train, like some of those early slashers, my bloody Valentine. So there was like a big, uh, there was a lot of kind of what you would consider like grindhouse, um, drive-in movies coming out of Canada at the time. And that's, that's what I kind of think like shivers rabid, the more seventies Cronenberg is more that, uh, drive-in style movie low budget cool gore effects but there always is this like stripe of like social commentary through the Cronenberg movies which is kind of interesting but but Scanners was this like it it really blew up in America more so than any movie he had previously done and it was I read some I think I've just been on the Wikipedia that this was at the time one of the highest grossing Canadian movies in the states hmm. ever so that's good to know. Um, um, let me ask you a question. Um, if I, if I need to pick another one of his to watch, like I would like to see video drone next, but like obviously the fly, I mean, I guess all of these, right. It would be, be a, would be an answer, but like, um, and then I want to see crash. Cause how can I not? Yeah. Um, I, I would say the fly, if you okay. want to just get in, I mean, it's the most accessible of the Cronenberg, but that by no means does that mean it's like, I mean, it's like his best. It's like, you know, it's like which it's the most cult you classic. Watch? You go watch the thing. You know, it's like it, it's mm-hmm. it kind of defines everything that Cronenberg had done up to this point, and then it shows like, um, like what he's. You know, I I still think people probably consider The Fly his best movie. Um, it's definitely his most like cult classic, right? It's his most well known. When yeah. people think of like what is, yeah, okay, and you get a and, young. And Jeff I know you're. It, and I know your your critiques sometimes uh, come down. You bring the hammer down on the actors, and we got a hell of a performance from um, Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. So, no uh, no shabby acting there. That's good. To also, know. too, Dead Ringers um, with uh, 
Jeremy Irons yep. playing twins. I mean, that's definitely more of a drama, um, but it definitely still brings that body horror to it. But that's another one. Like, if you want like an acting, uh, like a powerhouse acting performance, Dead Dead Ringers is probably the best one there. And then Videodrome's just very like, like, just think of like the stereotype of the '80s. That's Videodrome. It's like okay. MTV splatter like horror see i'm into that so, that sounds great okay so pretty much i guess long story short you can't go wrong with any of the 80s cronenberg yeah that's pretty much what um, i've always assumed even like the dead zone you know yeah that's i, I don't even know if that was a tv movie but i think it, it might have been maybe not it's definitely more subdued than all of his other things i forgot that he did the dead zone too but yeah that's that's adapted from stephen king oh yeah which i've read um, yeah, i've read part of it's got a good Christopher Walken performance too, so that's that's a uh, yeah. You can't go wrong with Cronenberg in the eighties. Um, but Scanners, yeah, like I was saying, like it pretty much boomed in the states, and it kind of really led to the cult following of Scanners. Like we're gonna get into it when we get into the special effects, but I I would say anybody who can calls themselves a horror fan, or anybody who even I would say most people who even just like older movies everybody's seen that head explosion scene it's a you know it's a popular gif that's been around for yeah you know, <laughs> just it's, it's been around forever it's a reaction I mean, it's re- gif you can't get yeah. any more iconic than that yeah it's been it's been it's, it's yeah it's it's transcended whatever you know it's, it's in pop culture and people don't even realize what it's from half the time but um we'll get into that but it also like i didn't realize this until after i'd watched it but this movie spawned two sequels, Scanners 2 and Scanner, Scanners 2 The New Order and Scanners 3 The Takeover, which um, were filmed back-to-back in 1991, so 10 years later. Um, both released in 1991, straight to VHS. Um, and then also a spin-off series of movies called Scanner Cop from 1994 and Scanner Cop 2 in 1995. So, uh, I you know... I don't think, maybe The Fly, but that's already a remake. I'm trying to think, I don't think any Cronenberg movies had this many remakes or uh, sequels to come after it, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Scanners seems to have had maybe the biggest footprint that Cronenberg uh, uh, set out there, but, um, yeah, I mean, he would go on, like we were just saying, he would go on to do a lot more influential. Like, this is the beginning of Cronenberg's body horror. And he would really perfect it over his next three movies. I would assume that The Fly was probably the culmination of his body horror. That or like Naked Lunch yeah. or something. Yeah. The Fly, I think, is... I mean, The Fly is kind of up there with, like like I said, Carpenter's The Thing when it comes to body horror. Um, which has been on my list for years. I just never got around to it, which is pretty pretty pathetic. Carpenter's The Thing yeah. or... Or the fly, the thing. Well, both, but the, especially the thing. Well, isn't that crazy? Isn't that, that yeah, yeah? I should I shouldn't be the co. We might have to do this. an episode on it then, just to get you, just to force you to watch it, so that you could, we could, we could cover it on an episode. Yeah, I shouldn't be the co-host of this freaking, you know, of this uh, seer of this podcast. Sorry, I'm just I'm looking up if it's streaming anywhere. I, I don't believe it is. A lot of Carpenter shit is, like, pretty close to the vest, I feel like. It's not streaming anywhere, son it's, of a bitch. Yeah. Come on. 
Well, I have a copy when, you know, when quarantine, you know, when, when the, when we both vaccinated, I'll pop by. I'll, I'll drop it off for you. That'd be nice. Cause I just, yeah, it's nuts. Um, you know, what's funny. Cause like, I know, I know, I think it's Warner brothers. A lot of them seem to be inching toward dropping their physical media, uh, divisions, mm. which has a lot of film fans upset. I don't give a shit because I'm a weird film fan where I don't care about physical media, you know? People are like, oh, it's nice to be able to watch what you have. And I think to myself, if it's not streaming, I don't, I just won't watch it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but there's some, so uh, there was, Joe Bob Briggs talked about this once where he said that there is, there's like weird movies that like, uh, like, like stuff that got released like just on like Laserdisc. Yeah. And then it was going to get released on VHS and then DVD and then it just became like a rights fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's like there's like a whole genre of like not necessarily lost video, but kind of like lost cinema. But it's but it's lost because of like lawyer shit and like and like rights. Right. And it, and it only technically exists on these like dead formats. Now I don't know if that'll ever happen with stuff coming out today, especially since everything is digital. But I think you could see it with stuff that came out through the eighties through maybe the early 2000s where you start to see some like not lost cinema but stuff where it was like this had like fucking straight to you know there's a lot of like indie stuff that got released just on like vhs and now it'll who knows where it's gonna go well there's actually a movie um the actor patty considine considine he's an actor that i like he's a british guy he wrote and directed two movies recently, one called Tyrannosaur in, I think, 2011. And then he did one called uh, Journeyman in 2017, where he plays, like, a boxer who gets hit, and then he has, like, a brain aneurysm, and he, like, forgets, you know, amnesia, doesn't know how to do anything. Um, and I've been trying to fucking find a copy, any way at all, to see that movie in the States. Yeah. It does not exist. I even reached out to the cinematographer of the movie on Twitter, and he had no idea. He's like, I didn't even know that you couldn't get it here in the States. Like, I don't know. And I, to this day, it's I, can't feel, I can't find it's it. It's weird. I mean, it's like, I know Cass and I, we just watched, like, um, I don't know if you've, you've seen it, but it's um, Ken Russell's The Devils. I know uh, all about Oliver The Devils. Reed. Yes, I know. I've never and, seen like, it, but I know about it. That's a movie that's like... So it's actually streaming on Shutter right now, and it's, is it really? From what I understand, it's one of the most complete versions okay. available. But that's a movie too, where it's like it's been around for almost fifty years, and like people haven't even like the real version is like in a vault somewhere. Isn't that crazy? like no one's even seen it? And like I remember reading a story about that where it came out on Netflix, um, and they were going to show the complete uncut version. They had somehow got a. Uh, they had digitized the copy of it and it like was gone before it even you couldn't even load it it was just gone it's so crazy i don't know who's pulling the strings on these but it's just yeah there is weird things to like physical media like that where like because from what i've heard is the only way to watch that like uncut version of the devils is like you have to have like the criterion vhs copy from like that was only in like Europe. Like it's just so crazy, like how this stuff gets locked away. Well, but. it's it's funny because like I, you know, I, when it comes to like the silent film era, is one of my favorites, and like I'm all about lost films, you know, and like people finding, you know, the, the complete version of this one movie from 1914 and the guy's back mm-hmm. addict. And but I just, you know, I just don't care if like Blu-rays stop being produced. I just couldn't care less, which is probably not good and pretty hypocritical of me, but 
<laughs> uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, this is why you got to buy physical media. And I'm just like, I just watch the shit that's streaming. And if I really want to see it, I'll rent it for the six bucks, you know, and then it'll go on streaming the next day because that's my goddamn luck. Yeah, but I just that's how I yeah. am. So I don't know. I mean, the only physical media I buy is like I mean, there's a whole that whole market now of like yeah. uh, Severin Films and Blue Underground, where they're essentially just restoring, um, you know, ancient not ancient movies, but you know, exploitation movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where like you you really only had a shitty VHS copy up until this release, right? I mean, that's probably the only physical stuff I buy. And it's nice when you can get a physical copy that is, like, you know, something that probably... Like, a lot of that shit won't be streaming. <laughs> just because it's not... Yeah. Um, you know, I don't you know, I don't know what the market is for it, other than, like, weird weirdos like me. <laughs> well, I just... There's a... I mean, I do like when, like, class... I'm talking, like, like for example, um, I know Netflix is remastering Abel Gantz's 1927... Um, like epic Napoleon, and I've been I've read a book on it. I'm dying to see that. Um, a lot of these these re-releases, like let's say D.W. Griffith's Intolerance from 1916, but like they don't ever like leave Britain. Like I would love to like go see these in theaters, but they just mm. don't leave. So I'm like, yeah. When I heard that, because Netflix finished the um, the other side of the wind, the the lost unfinished um, Orson Welles movie a couple years ago, and now they're restoring and releasing this. You know Napoleon, and I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, I'm I'm loving that Netflix is putting resources into doing that. Um, I'm just glad that I can fucking see that one instead of having them be locked away in the UK, where it's like, yeah, it's a yeah. road show. We're taking it all around the UK, and I'm like, hello, what about us stinky Americans? Please. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's like, yeah, there are times though where like the rights just become a fucking nightmare. Like, I mean, like, for example, like, there was a time, uh, not even very long ago, like, five years ago, you couldn't even, like, stream, like, the Friday the 13th franchise. You had to have physical media of it. So hopefully that, like, mentality is changing, hopefully. Streaming really is helping a lot of people discover things, you know? And this is why you and I are big fans of Shudder, because Shudder, I think, is doing a great job, for sure, of, like, bringing a lesser-known horror, you know, to and thrillers to streaming yeah. which is really nice and good quality too but anyways yeah. back to scanners never heard of it <laughs> um uh you can go watch this it's on um oh actually no this is kind of a this one is i don't know where it's streaming i don't know if it is oh it's streaming on hbo hbo right max now. has yeah scanners, hbo max which again I mean, that's another problem with streaming is like until when we don't know eventually it's just gonna vanish yeah and that's just the nature of the beast. So, you know, watch it now when, you, when you're listening to this. Yeah, go watch it now. But um, let's get into some of the things we liked and did not like about sure. this movie. Um, I'll, I'll go, because I, I guess I have the first bullet here. Uh, I, I, You know, the music is always a big thing with horror movies that I always check out. Um, and, like, this one is another one where it just has, like, that early industrial kind of very 80s music. And I went and looked it up. This is, like, Howard Shore's, like, third movie he ever did. That's crazy. Talk about, like, the beginning of a big career. Yeah. And his first two were, I believe, like, Rabid and The Brood. <laughs> like, so he was, like, a Cronenberg crony, if you will. Uh, very much. And uh, he went on to, I mean, I, did he, has he only won for, won Academy Awards for Lord of the Rings? Or do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. But I he did know. win for those, didn't he? I, he had to. Have. I believe so, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll so, look. I'll look. 
So Howard Shore doing the music here, very 80s, very, like, um, synthy, but then still uh, very big, like, orchestral pieces, which were kind of cool, too. Like, uh, you can tell that it wasn't, like, um, you know, like, a, a Car- like a John Carpenter score that's just kind of like a, like a, uh, like a synth, uh, minimal synth just drum beat like it had some really big orchestral pieces i don't know it's, it's really cool like i always just find it so fascinating like when people start on like these weird little movies and then have crazy careers and i know we've seen some where you you've said like some major cinematographers have like started out on like yeah these little i mean you know look at roger corman's new world pictures and even trauma They've kickstarted a lot. Of well, yeah, I but... mean, you know, the, one of the original, you know, one of the, the, the graduates of the School of Trauma is James Gunn, you know, who is, yeah. I'll be seeing uh, the Suicide Squad later in August. Oh, um, by the way. And I think a graduate of Corman is Ridley Scott. I, I wouldn't doubt and, that. And um, and James Cameron, I think both of them worked with Roger Corman in the 70s. I think so. Um, Howard Shore, he won for... Uh, Fellowship of the Ring and Return of the King. He, he wasn't even nominated for the two towers. I mean, he must not I have like done heard it. it. We've heard it already. <laughs> he must not have done it. I mean, I don't know how that's even possible. I'll have to look that up. But uh, I don't know. How either. is that not? Did he just not do it? Because how could he not even be nominated for it but win for the two, the second, and the first, and third? I don't know. No, he was. He yeah. He just wasn't even nominated. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I guess they said we've heard it, bud. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see at the third one. I guess that is interesting. Um, I guess, uh, I, I really liked the, um, so this kind of just goes back into the, like, exploitation, exploitation is like, there's like a lot of like just random car chases and cars exploding, which, I don't know, like, it's something about, we've talked about this before, like anything that's like a, like a, a car stunt in the 70s, I just have such a, I just love it so much because they're actually, you know, crashing like a like a legit fucking car through like windows and stuff. And you can't, yeah. There's no CGI. It's all. It practical. is dangerous. They're, you know, they, they didn't even have seatbelts in some of these cars. Probably, who knows? Most of them. Um, speaking of '70s car crashes, that's one that's been on my list for years. Is the French Connection? Mm. That's from '71. Yeah. That's from friggin' ten years before Scanners. But yeah, I'd like to see yeah. that. What, what what do you got on here, Steve? I'm trying to even see some of your... So, uh, it's funny. One of the things I like is actually... It's a bad thing, but I it, I like it. It's just the... When someone's being scanned, you know, mm. air quotes scanned, the kind of... How do you pronounce... How do you, how do you explain that? The, uh, the so body... They're kind of using telepathy? Or yeah, they're like... using telepathy to kind of inflict pain, right? That's a lot of what's happening here. Yeah. But, like, I'm talking about the physical act when they when someone's being oh. scanned, shaking, and it's so cheesy. Shaking. It's so cheesy, but it, it's also endearing, and I like it because of that, right? Like, I mean, I don't know how else yeah. you would do it other than how they how they did it. Um, I just... It, it's, it's goofy, but it's not, like, bad goofy, right? It's endearing yeah. is the word I want to use. It's just It's just charming how they do that. Well, I think we can both agree that the best part of this movie is the gore special effects. It, it's, especially the very end. Um, I know that we'll get yes. to that. Um, I just, I guess, you know, put this in a bag, you know, in the bad category, but I just wish that that head exploding scene, I wish it wasn't in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie, because then the rest yeah. I'm thinking, like, are they going to top that? Are they going to have at least another guy's head explode? 
Um, no. Yeah. Let's 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 watch that scene real quick and just just play it here. But we have Michael Ironside here. By the way, sitting next to another scanner. Do you know who Michael Ironside voices in the video games? I don't, but I know he's had a hell of a career. He's Sam Fisher, uh, Splinter Cell, Sam Fisher. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, he's he, he kind of this was one of his early movies too. I mean, I don't think he had been like the main build actor up, up until this. I mean, he really so. hasn't been the main build in many things since. But he's had a very illustrious video game voice acting career, which I'd love yeah. to see. So, in the part of the movie here, I mean, everybody's kind of seen this, but uh, Michael Ironside's got his eyes closed. Um, this this man with the glasses is scanning uh, Michael Ironside, but he doesn't know Michael Ironside is also a scanner and, like, kind of countering it. Um, and it's just like, yeah, this... I, I was reading up on this effect, and they did a bunch of takes, which I would, I'd be curious to see some of the alternate takes that they did on this. But um, they ended up literally filling his head with, like, meat and, like, a dummy head with meat and, uh, like, gum and just, like, gross gum. shit. And then literally shooting it with a shotgun. Uh, it, to get it the, works. To get that it, it looks fantastic. I mean, it really just goes to show that, I mean, that's obviously very, like, you know, primitive, but it works perfectly yeah. well. Um, yeah, it's just funny how, I mean, if you, like, if yeah. you're listening to this, if you just close your eyes and think about what you've seen, in the, then you've already seen this scene. But it's yeah. very, yeah, it works to great effect. But, you don't need it to be this extravagant thing. But I think the, I mean, that, that's kind of like the scene that I think everybody knows from this movie. But I think the end scene is just as good, if not better. Agreed. Um, where Vale, the main character, is facing off against Revic, which is Michael Ironside's character. And he kind of fully melts, and there's veins bulging, and then he eventually even lights on fire, but he's, like, doing, there's, like, a whole melt sequence that, um, I, so I had never seen this movie before, this is my first time viewing it, so oh, I was, okay. like, super pleasantly surprised that there was a, um, you know, more than just the head explosion. Because I was kind of expecting the head explosion, and then maybe kind of a slow burn, and it's really two really good special effects book-ending like a psychological thriller. Yeah, I wish there was a bit more of that. But to be fair, a lot of okay, um, the sh- shotgun is used frequently in this movie to kind of. I think it's kind of a way to kind of take out other um, scanners. scanners. Uh, yeah. And I do like that. You know, as you know, I play games. You know, I play video games. Therefore, I like violence. That's how it works, right? Um, it, those are well done. I like. I. I mean, I don't care who you are. I, if if you see a shotgun blow somebody back, it's cool. It's just a cool thing to see, man. Yeah, that's one of my biggest things is, like, when you have a violent movie and then they skimp out on, like, the, um, like, the gun violence. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, like I, I think there's some, like, Halloween movies where, you know, they're super gory. They're cutting people's heads off, cutting hands off, and then there's, you know, cops are shooting at people and, like, there's no blood or anything. Right. And it's, like, the whole special, like, if you're going to do special effects, do it on not only the close-up graphic kills, but do it on, like, the, the gunshot kills, too. You know, keep it keep it even. Agreed, and I but. just so I appreciate a nice shotgun blast of the chest blowing you back into a window. I like that. You see, I'm a simple guy. Um, so, so what are some things you didn't like though? 
Um, acting, acting to me yeah. is kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Obligatory, right? Everything we watch just mm-hmm. has naturally bad. And I, knowing what it is that we're watching is that, you know, it's a bad, I put that in the bad category, but it, you expect it. So it's not like a huge yeah. detriment to it. Right. I mean, it just, I'd say Ironside was good. Ironside really kind of holds it. He does. Well, he's Sam Fisher, so. But he's he's not much. He's not. He's really not in it a ton. No. Um. But yeah, the rest of the acting is very amateur. Now, which to I be was clear, disappointed because I saw they had a like a four million dollar budget. To be clear, I wouldn't consider this the acting here uh, nearly as bad as like things that we usually watch, right? The kind of yeah. like sleepaway camp style slashers. You know, those are just. This definitely, it feels higher budget, absolutely. The, the budget's on the screen. I think of, I you know, you're the mem- you're the, the, the good memory of what we've done in the past, but... Um, oh, it's no Night to Dismember, it's no sure, Night sure. to... Uh, it's, it's Some no, of the acting... Uh, breeders. It, it's just yeah. like, you just, a lot of what we watch is kind of like the, you know, the early 80s um, high school, you know, jocks and the, you know, very much a yeah. product of the 80s. But this movie, I don't think, is like an exact product of the time. It can, it's a little bit more timeless than that. So um, I think yeah. it is definitely a higher budget. I don't the acting isn't great. I, it's definitely worlds better than you know the stuff that we're normally yeah. used to, t- to to touching. So yeah, I mean, my my only thing that I didn't really like, and it's not even a critique either, but it's that you know, the, like we like we said when we watched the trailer, it really makes it out to be more of an action movie. And it's really more of a psychological thriller with some with some really good gore at the beginning and end. Yeah, um, I do love that 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 ending face off, the scan off, if you will. I really do think that's great. Um, even just from what you just like, how you can obviously the more that they scan each other for like you know so to speak, yeah. the more intense and the more of a, of a of an effect on the body it has to the point where like you can see the veins. Instead of for any other movie we would watch, you know, the camera would cut to them, cut back, and you'd have the big veins popping out. Here, you can yeah. see it happen. You know, it's like a worm. Yeah, some really good effects. It's of something underneath a prosthetic that's bold. You've got out. the blood pouring out of the face, and then it squirts out of the neck. I think that's fantastic, and and yeah. you can definitely tell. And I don't think Cronenberg has ever strayed away from like like you can like. The violence and the, the gore effects aren't super realistic, but I don't think that's always been an intention with Cronenberg, right? Like, you you can tell that it's, like, prosthetics, but I don't – they're not hiding it, right? They're not, like, hoping no. you don't notice. It's very much like a, this is how we achieve this, you know, incredible body horror. Yeah. So, I really don't have too much what the fucks um, really about this movie – uh, other than that, you know, there's some, like I said, the explosions are kind of out of place and kind of goofy sometimes. Yeah, I just, um, just... But other than that, I really, not too much. I, there's not much... Cronenberg handles body horror in a way that's not cheesy, which I yeah. think is a... I think that's a pretty good... You know, that's me putting my foot down and, you know, putting a lock on it for for Cronenberg. He doesn't have his violence and gore, body horror, isn't cheesy or corny to the point where it makes your eyes roll, right? Like, he doesn't have no. what-the-fuck moments. And if they are a what-the-fuck moment, it's, like, a, a good thing, right? Like, it's not like, you know, why did yeah. that person, you know, explode randomly? Or why did he, you know, why is this guy acting so weird to this person? It's just, um, you know, it, it is... This is kind of pretentious and cheesy to say, but like the violence is very much his. Um, yeah, and he he's very good at like doing like unseen violence. Yeah, like like it's this is like mental, 
you know, it's like psych, psych, uh, telekinesis. Like, in Rabbit, it's rabies. Like, he's very good at having these, like, kind of, you know, things that are inside of you that you can't really show, but still making it scary in a way. Yeah, it's not like... it's. Um, it's hard. It's hard to to do special effects for like a more psychological thing. So he handles mm-hmm. it well enough. Where like it's you know I'm making fun of the whole you know how people react to being scanned is pretty cheesy. But at the same time, how else are you going to do it? Right? It's just you can't have like physical waves that you can see. So it makes yeah. sense. But I will say, I mean, let me know what you think about this. If it did not have the exploding head at the beginning and end, would we still be talking about this movie today? Like to this, like would it be as would it be this famous? Well, this is a great example of like social media and the internet prolonging the life of this movie, yeah. right? I mean, granted, you 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 how many people who have seen that had exploding a million times? How many people know where it's from? Probably not many, right? Um, but to answer your question, probably not. But yeah, it's kind of just a psychological thriller, telekinesis. It had been done before. It had been done since. You know, I think the gore really makes it stand out, and that's why I think we covered it. I mean, for a lot of what we cover, the gore is obviously what, you know, that's the reason why anybody talks yeah, about oh, it, right? Yeah. Um, no one's talking about the performances in this movie. But And, and I said, <laughs> like I said, there are bits and pieces of what would become the very standard Cronenberg style, technically, as well. Um, this is the way that he frames, the way his composition uh Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to like explain without showing, you know, side by side. But um, his composition and camera movement is absolutely the seeds are being planted for what will mature into his style that you see later on in his more recent stuff. Well, what do we think? Are we giving it the blade job stamp of approval? I mean, what say you? Yeah, the head exploding. I'm not. It's it's blade job approved, but I think it's the final showdown, if you will, that that mm-hmm. bakes this officially what I think blade job approved. And I just I think any shotgun blast through a wall, you know, that knocks somebody yeah. back, just, you know, like I, I keep bringing it up because I'm, you know, that's what I like in movies. So I think it's definitely blade job approved, especially because of a, I'm gonna give it a blade job approved too. I'm gonna say it squeaked by. I'm gonna say yeah. if it did, if it just had the first head explosion. I would give it a no, but Agreed. since it had the follow up at the end, um, it really, it really kind of took it into an actual more like splatter level. It wasn't just kind of like because you know there's a lot of movies out there that have like a cr- really crazy effect, but they're not really a horror splatter movie. They're not really a blade job approved movie. They're just they had a really cool effect one time. This one rode that line but it had that second one that was also really well done so we haven't really i mean we've talked about that scene but like just that one dolly shot of the character i forget his name but just with the eyes rolled back in the head oh Rev- michael ironside revic yeah, yeah with that, that zoom in that dolly in to me is an oh i would consider that like an iconic shot yeah it may not be like a wholly iconic shot but i think it is at some you know to some extent um, and it's definitely something that I recognize when I saw it. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe because it's the cover art of the movie too, the stance that he yeah, has. Yeah, it's but... definitely iconic, the poster. And the... Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's great. Just the way that it dollies in, the way that the eyes, I, you know, and I, it's it's iconic for a reason. So for that reason, yeah, you're right. This is Blade Job approved. Um, it's barely Blade Job approved. It squeaks but... by. And I mean, even if it, you know, because it's Blade Job, just because it's barely Blade Job approved does not mean it's uh 
that's not an indictment on the movie. I mean, it's a great movie. Um, definitely, like, up there as far as telekinesis thrillers go, it's probably one of the better ones you'll find. Oh, also. Um, with some good gore. Agreed. And it starts off in, in an 80s mall, which to me, that's right up my alley. I love, you know, 80s mall culture and being able yes. to see a mall that takes place literally that was shot in 80, 81. Um, I, I, that's what I, I was already in because I like that. I, I watch a lot of dead mall videos. I'm nostalgic Ooh. for dead malls and that kind of thing. So seeing, being able to see a mall, even for a little bit in its prime in the early eighties. And it's not like a flashback, you know, in like a period piece for like a, you know, a current movie. It's as it was. Um, I appreciate that myself. Well, we might have to be doing a, a chopping mall episode. We may have to, because I just um, like, that's, a, that's definitely gory and it definitely, um, fulfills your mall. Um, it fulfills my uh, mall fetish. Your mall, your mall fetish. My yes. mall fetish and my my great pun fetish as well. So I, maybe I mean, maybe you know we have we haven't done a zombie movie too. We could do the OG Dawn of the Dead. That's another good mall. We should mall movie of then. So I think we're going to be sticking with some movies coming up here. We we had the wrestling episodes back to back to back there, but. I think in order to get kind of back in the swing, I think we should do a couple movies. I'm in, man. Go, going into May here, so. I'll have to, yeah, and I know you plan on doing some more watch parties with you, mm-hmm. um, and I'll think of some stuff, too. We definitely want to uh, continue that. I mean, are they popular? Yeah. No. But, you know, anybody listen to this, hop on in, follow us on Instagram. Yep, Instagram's where you'll get all of our information on watch parties, episodes dropping, uh, I try to post any blade job, historical blade jobs that have that are coming up on anniversaries. Um, yeah, and I should so. clarify that these. I mean, at least for me, these watch parties are more like recent general horror movies. But hey, man, I, I'm to, in my opinion, I'm four for four when it comes to picking movies that I like better than <laughs> I thought. So, so um, I'm, I'm hoping to keep that train moving. Yeah, and I'm gonna try and. I think that's a nice dynamic. If you stick with the newer ones, yeah. and I try and go with more of the cult ones yeah and then maybe we'll flip the formula maybe you go watch an old ass uh slasher movie and i watch something like uh, some indie horror movie i don't know it's just a fun way script on the people who knows it's a fun way to kind of keep all-encompassing horror content right i mean Mm -hmm. it's all about exposing us to the the wide breadth as possible so um. well with that we're back we're back in um, business we'll be covid free you guys covid free Vax. Uh, vaccinated uh shortly and uh we'll be getting you guys some good content all summer long make sure you get that pfizer by the way i, I refuse to work with somebody who oh, gets that, that moderna that that second rate moderna crap oh boy. all right we got to get off the air now <laughs> <laughs> fair enough all right thanks for listening everybody again instagram is how at blade job podcast i believe mm-hmm. um that's yep. where you get all the information we're on twitter but at blade job is it just blade job okay perfect yeah we got that we got that unlocked uh and that, that's that's it so we're, we're looking forward to diving into something new next time so thanks again all right talk to you guys later mm-hmm.